Good afternoon, film fans. We have a special show today because we have a very special guest. I am Lynn Benhouse. I'm Carl Middleman. And I'm special guest, Jim Pabs. This week is Jim sits in for Dan. We're going to talk about palms around the six-minute mark, the hustle around the 18-minute mark, Detective Pikachu at 29 minutes, Red Joan at 47 minutes, A Long Day's Journey Into Night at 50 minutes, the upcoming Disney Slate at 55 minutes, an hour and three minutes. We're going to talk about DVDs this week, including Lego Movie 2, What Men Want, They Shall Not Grow Old, The Prodigy, Blaze, and Liar. Around an hour and 11 minutes, Lynn went to Los Angeles to the daytime Emmys. We'll talk mom movies around one hour and 17 minutes. We'll preview next week at one hour and 25 minutes. Hi, Jim. Hi. Tell us about yourself. Well, I am a reviewer uh, for WeAreMovieGeeks.com. I guess one of my biggest claims to fame was... uh, being a contestant on uh, the movie trivia edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire ten years ago this uh, this last March. Wow! And oh, just you know, but Jim, yeah. yes, you have to tell them how much you won. Well, of course, you could you know go to go to YouTube and watch the whole show. So I'll do my spoiler alert warning now in case you want to do that. But I did uh, do I guess it was uh, was it thirteen out of the fifteen questions. So I uh, I. Went home with two hundred fifty grand, and I uh, I walked. I have heard from you know contestants since then. It says, "Well, I decided I'm not going to walk. I'm going to answer every question." And I was, I think, well, but you, you said, "Fool hey, you!" What's that? Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I said, "I'm not sure of the answer to this five hundred thousand dollar question. I am going to walk and not take the chance of going from two hundred fifty thousand to twenty five thousand. Did you? In hindsight, did you know the answer? No, actually, Meredith, if you watch right. the show, she does ask me just for the heck of it, the lovely Meredith Vieira, uh, just for the heck of it, said, hey, if you were guessing, what would you say? I'll tell you what the question was. At that time, they revealed the categories ahead of the question, and the category was, was Beelzebub. And the question was, which one of these four actors has never played the devil in a motion picture? Is it Mickey Rooney... Uh, Vigo Mortensen, John Ritter, or Ray Liotta. Who? And uh, Meredith asked me, I said, well, just, just for the heck of it, take a guess. I Did said, you have all your lifelines? No, they were long gone. Okay. But, and they were gone a couple of questions before so that. So this was just, pure, you had you had a one out of and, four chance. Yeah, one out of four chance. So I said, oh, I'd say John Ritter. Which I'm wrong because he actually played the devil in Holy Moses. They Holy comedy, Moses. Comedy with Dudley Moore from, I think, 1980. And I uh, I had ruled out Mickey Rooney in my head because the guy made, what, like 500 movies? And they're all but, Andy Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> most of them, but, or with Judy, or both. Mm-hmm. But uh, I said, he's, he probably played the devil. And I, uh, according to what I looked up, he was the devil in uh, The Private Life of Adam and Eve from 1959. Wow. A religious movie. Oh, no, maybe Van Doren was oh. uh, Eve somewhere. So... And uh, and, so. and Viggo Mortensen, I had no idea, and it turns out he played the devil opposite Christopher Walken in The Prophecy. I think that's from 96 or 97. So, so your answer is... Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. People who kind of has a devilish smile. But you know what? He doesn't have that big of a filmography compared to the other three. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, you know, I don't think Ritter was in that many films as a star, really. 
So, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely a tough call, you know, to, uh, to, to choose between the four of them. And you say my lifelines were gone. And even if I had a lifeline, I don't know if anybody could have helped me. 50-50 would have probably been John Ritter and Ray Liotta. It could have been, could have been. But I, I used the 50-50 much better for the uh, question about Bull Durham which uh, alluded to the uh, speech that uh, Kevin Costner's Crash Davis gives about what he believes. Nice. And I knew two of the, uh, of the possibilities he definitely mentioned, so it was a good thing I did the, uh, the sort of 50-50 or the double, what do they call it, the double dip then, which mm. you get two, uh, two attempts to give the right, uh, the right answer. So, but if you get a chance, go to YouTube. It's in three sections. It's very, uh, very exciting. And, you know, they used you for the whole half hour. It was, well, actually, they brought me in Thursday for the last five minutes of the show for, like, the first four or five questions, the baby questions, you know. And then, yeah, the, the, that Friday show, it was just pretty much uh, myself and the lovely Meredith for the whole half hour. It was just uh, just amazing. Where can they find you on socials? Uh, well, just, uh, on, of course, we are moviegeeks.com. I'm on Facebook and uh I should probably uh, get on the Twitter or something, but maybe... No Instagram or anything? Nothing just, like that. But you're on Jim Batts, B-A-T-T-S, on Facebook. Yes, yes. So you should be able to find me there. I think my photo is myself with the lovely Noel Neal. Ooh. Who, uh, the first movie. Lois Lane. Lane. Yes, yes. So, so uh, Jim saw all three uh, new releases that we're going to talk about today. The studio films, pretty yes, much. Yes, yeah. the studio films. So let's start with Palms. Which is tailor-made for this weekend's Mother's Day. Uh, it's septuagenarians. It's Golden Girls meets Bring It On. Now, did you yeah. hear the little controversy about this? That oh. Rhea Perlman yeah. was supposed to be on Andy Cohen's Watch What Happens Live. Really? And Angelica Houston said she's got she's in John Wick 3. Oh. And she says, oh, at least I'm doing movies that are relevant, unlike uh, some of my peers that are doing Let's Get the Cheerleaders Back Together. And they were supposed to appear on Watch What Happens Live oh. together, and the studio asked Rhea, uh, could you not be on with her? And Rhea's like, yeah, I understand, totally. So it wasn't like Rhea versus Angelica. Oh. It was the studio saying it's probably not good optics for you to stay here. But Rhea agreed and then uh, wound up doing... Watch what happens live with Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, okay. okay. Well, it is odd that they're like I think we mentioned before we went on that uh, they're doing so much promotion on Wick so early. Right. Uh, I was mentioning uh, that uh, that this morning, Thursday morning, that uh, that Keanu, Keanu. was with uh, with uh, Kelly and, and uh, Ryan, and uh, and Angelica was on with Andy Cohen. This would have been last Sunday, would it? I guess? No, no. Watch what happens live is. Uh, I don't. I, I think that's their nightly show on Bravo. Yeah, it's, oh, it's nightly on Bravo. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's, what is it, 10? I don't know. I don't well, watch it's, those. It's, it's after the Housewives show. Yeah, so. which okay. I, I don't and watch And they all drink, ones. and they have fun, I guess. Yeah, yeah and Andy being the St. Louis and is very... He did something for the Blues this week. He did. He, did. he Jenna Fisher, and of course John Hamm came in for the game. And so Jenna Fisher and Andy Cohen both did videos that we played saying, let's go Blues, from the Jenna Fisher... Had a Fisher jersey and spun around, showed it was her. And then they had Andy Cohen doing something from the Watch What Happens Live set, doing Let's Go Blues. Oh, that's so Jenna wasn't from the set of her sitcom, I think. Um, I think it might have been, really? okay. even though that's in hiatus right now. Uh -huh. It was filmed somewhere in Los Angeles. Of course, Los Angeles could make anything look like yeah, anywhere. Yeah. It was a garden set, okay. so... Maybe she was home. Splitting up together is her show. I right? do like that with Oliver Hudson. Yes, yes. Uh, 
Yeah. Bobby Wong, and I like that show. So they got to come back for a third season? I, I believe it is, and yeah. it's based on a Danish show. Really? I did not know that. Yes. Huh. So this is so, odd that the Jenna her first thing with Office based on the British show. Exactly. So she does well with translation. See, this is what I had to contribute about Palms, because I... I didn't see it because I was at the hockey game. Yay! <laughs> you were having fun that night. Yeah, it seems you two did not care for it. Uh, oh, no, um, I gave it a C. I don't know what you gave it, Jim. Well, but... I'm in the middle of writing my review that will post tonight on WeAreMovieGeeks.com, and I'm leaning towards a two out of five stars if I'm that generous. That's a D. Yeah, it might, it might go to a one and a half. I'm not sure. The only redeeming quality is Diane Keaton and Jackie Weaver have a nice uh, relationship together, and it's warm. And a certain segment is going to laugh and enjoy this. It is a crowd pleaser, but it's every cliche old people joke that you can think of. Plus, it's you know they're all driving around in the golf carts at the retirement. So community. did I get? Did I? Is that? It's my one sentence that Angelica Houston said. Let's get the crowd. The gang back together for one last hurrah. Is she's that it? Getting, well, she's not getting the old gang of cheerleaders back. She's recruiting the new cheerleaders because when she new has, cheerleaders, yeah, because when Diane Keaton arrives at this retirement community in Georgia somewhere, Sun Springs, Sun Springs, that was the name of it. She is told by the head of the welcoming committee, one of the three villains of the film, Celia Weston, <laughs> that uh, yeah, you got to join a club here, and if you don't see a club you want to join, make one of your own, and. As uh, as she and Jackie Weaver, Diane Keaton and Jackie Weaver, are going through her box of stuff, she arrives at this place with, with one uh, luggage bag and one cardboard box, and that's it. The, the opening that's scene the is, only thing that she's accumulated in her yeah, entire well, she, life. The opening scene is her in some city somewhere near an alleyway having an estate sale. Oh, okay. And so she's selling everything. And uh, without giving much away... Uh, on the road trip there, she gets uh, multiple calls from her nurse wondering when she's going to you know, reschedule her chemo, and she says, I'm not coming back for chemo. Okay. Oh, so, that's the, so it so is she one last That's the secret. Yeah. So uh, when they're going through her box of stuff, Jackie Weaver pulls out the cheerleader and says, hey, could I borrow this for my next date? Because she's a... Somebody breaks their hip. Well, their foot. Oh. And so she, well, hip would be a cliche. Yeah. Well, that's that's in the one of the trailers. I think the uh, the young cheerleaders just say, "Oh, you know, don't break a hip," and the and the, you know, the older says, "Yeah, say to her, don't get pregnant." So that's one of the big <laughs> jokes from it. So Diane Keaton's your lead, right? Right. She is your lead organizer. She's you know kind of surly at the start of it, and you know basically she actually tells uh, someone says, "I've just come here to die for you." Yeah, she doesn't want to socialize. Like, they all want to socialize and be this one big happy family, and she doesn't really want any of it. But she's hiding her secret how ill she is. Okay. One of our, our, one of our pals, Tom Stockman, who was also one of the movie geeks, he was all excited after I'd seen it because his favorite actress, Pam Greer, is in it, but just completely wasted. Definitely a, a second or third tier character. Her tryout is... Uh, 
Well, she says that she and her husband do uh, tango lessons, so she does a one-woman tango, which is, is kind of cute, and another woman's uh, talent is aerobics, and another one does yoga stuff, and that's a real cute little, mon- one of many montage sequences. Well, you said it was, the, you said there were two other villains. Yes, yes. There's a high school cheerleader that is so over the top, you know, it, it's all about like how they 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 just hate this group of old people. Oh, because do they happen. go to a, like, a yeah. convention or a presentation. We should set out that Jackie Weaver's character makes a little money on the side as a substitute teacher at the local high school, <laughs> and she's you know when they when they won't allow them to uh, use the rehearsal hall or the the, the general oh, we could use area. the gym. Yeah, but she but Jackie Weaver doesn't tell him no. You can use the gym during the the, the pep session. And so the whole school is watching oh, these wow. older ladies, and that's why okay. they ship. And they go viral them. with a video and, oh, so, and okay, so making fun the of the old people. You have the, the retirement home boss, you have the high school cheerleader, and who is your third villain? Well, we mentioned the woman that breaks her, her foot earlier on. Uh, she's out to sabotage well, them. Well, not Ooh. she's not, but her son is, because her son is overseeing her finances, and they tell all the members of this group, well, for our costumes, our uniforms, whatever, we, we need a hundred bucks from everybody, everyone. And this fellow that's uh, this evil son thinks that's just a terrible waste of the money, and he's overseeing, and he doesn't like it. And, of course, he gets even more villainous after her injury. He moves in and controls okay, her life. Okay, so... This seems overly complicated for a feel-good elderly movie. Well, it would be... Uh, I could see it as a sitcom on some place like yeah. the Hallmark Channel. It's maybe like the first three episodes of the sitcom put together, or maybe the, the first whole season. It's so broad, and the characters are such caricatures. Poor Bruce McGill is the security now, Would you think this would be better as a 10-episode limited series? Maybe it should, well, it should be yeah. a Hallmark Channel the or, sitcom or a Hallmark Channel movie, more or more or less. You know, <laughs> oh, that good, movie. huh? Yeah, yeah. Except there's a little more more of the frisky behavior in this, you know. So, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 just real contrived. Uh, one of the characters when we talk about the cheerleaders, there's one evil one, and at first the captain of the cheerleaders. Who's uh, played by this uh, young actress? Alicia Bow. Alicia Bow, who uh, I guess is from Denmark or something. That I read on IMDb. She was in Thirteen Reasons Why, the yes. Netflix series. Yes, and, and uh, she her character does a turnaround that's so fast that you would get whiplash watching it. Her character all of a sudden sort of becomes supportive of everybody. Yeah, the mean but, girl. The mean girl turns into the. The, uh, one of the mean girls. Yeah, one of the mean girls turns into the uh, the the group's coach, and, and this, she the, she says, "You're all my grandmas. I never had a grandma." And of course, she becomes sort of a love interest for Jackie Weaver's grandson, who <laughs> is surreptitiously, you know, he's not allowed to be there, but he's living with grandma in the, the retirement ah. community, and he's played by a young actor, Charlie Tan who looks so familiar, and I looked him up, and I, I think I'd seen him on the Gotham TV show oh. as the Scarecrow. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. So there you go. Yeah, it's written by Captain Obvious. <laughs> and actually, the director is a, a young woman, Zara Hayes, and this is her first fiction film. It's like a lot of documentaries oh. in her uh, resume on IMDb. 
Yeah, and so it's really, it's one of those movies you can take your mom or grandma to and they'll have a good time. It's a good Mother's Day movie. Yes. This is counter-programming to the people that are seeing Endgame for the fifth time. True, true. Yes, our long shot. It's, you know, you won't feel uncomfortable in this movie because, but it's basically like, hey, we're old, but we're still alive and kicking. We're still here. Yeah, Diane Keaton's been doing these kind of movies for like the last 20 years or so, it seems. She did one with Michael Douglas a couple years ago. Which was terrible. And, you know, heaven knows at the street we were at, we were surrounded by women that were just cackling. Women of a certain age will love this movie. Well, certainly, certainly. And it's a good movie to take them to. You're a woman of a certain age, and you didn't... I'd go see... Yeah, I'd go see Longshot, but not everybody is comfortable with the raunchiness of Longshot. Well, it's funny, yeah, you mentioned Longshot. I thought my mother would be, but I got a text from her yesterday. She said, she, you know, the girlfriends and I saw Longshot. That was we, too terrible. We hated it. Well, I think she didn't like it because Seth Rogen has a beard. <laughs> and there's nasty. drug usage. Yeah. Uh, two of my friends saw it, and I said, well, wasn't it believable? And they go, hmm. Oh, I, go, I go, okay, well, to each his own. You know, I, 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 I bought into it. And speaking of uh, the appearances on talk shows, both Charlize and Seth were on James Corden at the same time the other well, they, night. They, when they were on with Howard Stern, they oh, were yeah. together. And that's when she announced that Mindhunters is coming back. And she yeah. also said that they're going to, they are not sure whether Atomic Blonde's second film will be a prequel or sequel. Oh, okay. Things that, are still yeah. getting in. I am still telling people to go see Atomic Blonde. As you should. Because... There's so many people that never heard of it. It just dropped in the so summer, good. and it just disappeared, and we all loved it. Well, I, what I want to hear from her, and she probably wouldn't, is not allowed to say, I'm, I'm wondering if Captain Marvel was offered to her, you know, prior to, to Brie or, you know. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, she should be playing a superhero. I she should. Well, Atomic Blonde is yeah, a superhero. Kind of, kind of. And, and she did Anne Flux. That's true. That's why she said, I, when I saw her recently with this black hair. Is she doing Anne Flux too, I wonder? No, no, she's not. <laughs> she said that was a horrible experience as a movie making. Oh, I thought you were a horrible experience getting your hair done. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, moving on to the next uh, uh, female centered movie is The Hustle. Oh, yeah. Which is the female remake to Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Which, which has, was a remake of a French film. Right. <laughs> no, no, not a French film, actually. An American film, which was a staple of my local NBC affiliate growing up. It was from Universal Studios in 1964, Bedtime Story. Starring not one, two, but three Oscar winners. It starred uh, David Niven mm-hmm. as the suave, sophisticated guy. The Michael Caine role. <laughs> yes. Marlon Brando, or as they used to say in Mad Magazine, Marlon Brandflakes as uh, the, uh, the the Steve the Martin The Steve guy. Martin role yeah, was the, Marlon Brando yeah. guy. But he's, uh, he's actually uh, an army guy in this. He's yeah. uh, running around in uniform through a lot of it. And they, the, the subject of their bet is the still gorgeous Shirley Jones. Who, uh, who won for the apartment? She uh, no, actually, she won for Elmer. Elmer, oh, Elmer Gantry. Yes. Elmer Gantry. She played a, a prostitute. Girl. Yes, yes. Which is Mrs. A good girl in Mrs. Partridge yeah. won an Oscar for a for being a prostitute. That's true. Yes. This is this is after her Rodgers and Hammerstein films. You know, did uh, yes. the double shot of those. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the original was directed by Ralph Levy. Uh, the sequel, well, not the remake, I guess, was in '88. So '88, Yeah, it was Michael Caine and Steve Martin. Was directed by Frank Oz, yes. and the object of their affections were was uh, Glenn Headley. 
Billy Glenn. And yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, and uh, now, yes, uh, gosh, Rebel yes, Wilson. Thirty-one years later, Rebel Wilson and Anne Hathaway. And who is the? Do they have one specific target? This they time? do have a target that they make the bet on. The bet is that you know one of them can stay in in this uh, Riviera town. The other one has to leave. It's a young actor named Alex Sharp who's playing a tech a mogul that created some sort of app uh, a couple of years ago, and he's wealthy, and he's there to meet some investors. He's played by a young actor named Alex Sharp, who I was really not familiar with on his uh, resume or films called To the Bone and How to Talk to Girls at Parties. I think and, I saw that one. Really? That, 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 that was, I think that was an indie. Now the, oh, I, yeah, because like I say, I wasn't familiar with them. It's directed by a fellow named Chris Addison, who is an actor-director who's mostly done television, Although on his resume, has a lot of episodes of Veep, so he's oh, done really? some good comedy. Now, which version? The Armando version or the later version? Oh, the the I think the, the later original. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. So they're all frolic- frolicking in the uh, the French sun, and uh, Rebel Wilson is uh, the sort of the low class grifter, and her her sort of come on is that uh, she is actually the sister of the the bait photo. The bait photo is this busty blonde, mm-hmm. and uh, he, she's uh, getting money from men because uh, either she needs some sort of, her sister needs some sort of surgery uh, and then they'll meet her, or she's been captured by, you know, uh, Eastern European thugs and it's going to be sold, sold into, uh, you know, to a prostitution and all that. So they have to, you know, rescue her. So that's how she's cheating. Actually, her first victim is somebody from B. So that's kind of nice. Some of the uh, the victims in it are great television actors. I don't want to spoil too okay. much, but uh, then don't. Yeah, I, I will say that uh, it ends with a fellow that's on a, one of the funniest streaming comedy shows around, and in the middle we get a fellow that's from a basic cable show, which is one of the classics of all time. But uh, but it, it basically follows the same beats as the nineteen eighty eight version, which I believe inspired a stage musical. I recall seeing yeah, that's the Fox. Yes. And Alex Sharp, by the way, he uh, originated the role of Christopher Boone on the Broadway version of Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Oh, oh really? so that's hey, I so that's before. yeah, because I was like, that name's familiar. He went to Juilliard. Oh, yeah. well, fun it. fact about the local about uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels the musical. That was John Lithgow and Norbert Leo Butts, who is from South right. City. He's St. Louis. And he went to uh, Bishop DeBerg High School and Webster, and he won the Tony for well, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And so did Alex Sharp. Alex Sharp won the Tony for, for Best Act. For That's Jerry. why I signed listed for the 2016 Tonys in the IMDb page for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you guys. I wonder what he was, you know, from or what he had done. Oh, well, that won everything. That plays amazing. But also, Leo Norbert Leo Butts. He uh, that's what his claim to fame was. But before that, he had been uh, Roger in Rent. He took the place of Adam Pascal, and mm-hmm. he was the original Fierro in Wicked. I was say, he right, was and, in Wicked also. But yeah, Norbert. He's gone. He's done some movies, but most. Mostly he stays on stage. Well, right now he's killing it on the FX miniseries Vernon Fossey as Patty Chayefsky. And on the last episode I saw, he actually did a rap, a rap number as part of the musical number. Really? Yeah, yeah. He won a second Tony for playing the Tom Hanks role in Catch Me If You Can. Yes. That was... Well, yeah, yeah, he was playing the FBI agent. And I, I was talking with our friend Paul Harris at the screening of uh, Palms and 
he had seen uh, the recent revival of My Fair Lady, and I think Norbert just took over Alfie Doolittle. Yeah, he a uh, Tony nominee, too. Yes, well, yes. Alex Sharp is also going to be uh-huh. in the Game of Thrones prequel that HBO is doing. Oh. And he's also going to be in the Chicago 7 film that's going to be with Ooh. Alan Sorkin next year. That sounds interesting. Is, is Seth Rogen in there? Seth Rogen, Sasha Baron Cohen, Michael Keaton, Eddie Redmayne, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And Jonathan Majors. Oh, I'm excited. That's a pretty heavy-hitting cast. Yeah, that is good. And Alex Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I so now you him. know who he is, Jim. I know, and I'm all versed in him. Well, I heard, I heard because I wasn't able to go to the screening, but I heard it's not really... No, no, all this, the same group was cackling at that that were at Palm also. Really? So this is this is basically another if you're you know, mom can take the the little more racy stuff you can take. Is it racy though? Because I don't remember, I, the, I don't. I did not care for the Steve Martin Michael Caine movie when I was a kid. I did not care for it. I didn't think I, it was. It didn't know what, whether it wanted to be highbrow comedy or lowbrow comedy. But that's what it, that's what you're supposed to have with yeah, Michael Caine yeah. and Steve Martin. And I guess that's what you're supposed to be having this time with Rebel Wilson and Anne Hathaway. It's true. But I could I could imagine the original is much better at balancing that out. Yeah, yeah. The cl- class culture is from that original screenplay, and the, the original screenplay is credited to Paul Henning, who gets a credit here nice. also. And this was a film he did when he was just begin- beginning his sort of hasty dynasty on television because uh, Paul went right from Love That Bob to creating the Beverly Hillbillies and then uh, bringing in uh, Petico Junction and producing Green Acres. I don't think he uh, created that one. And uh, just in the first couple of years of the Beverly Hillbillies, he did two screenplays. He did uh, did this uh, screenplay for Bedtime Story in '64, and he did also one of the. Uh, this talking about trilogies, the uh, the Doris Day, Rock Hudson, Tony Randall trilogies. Which one? Uh, Lover Come Back. Okay. And uh, the Seventy No Flowers, I think, is the third one. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's interesting. He still gets a screenplay for for this, even though he uh, this fellow from Independence, Missouri, of Paul Henning's uh, hometown. He uh, passed away, I think, about fourteen years ago. Wasn't one of his relatives one of the girls in Petticoat Junction? Linda K. Henning, the little redhead that became or that got married during the course of the show, and I think her real life husband played her husband on that. Yeah, that was the hunky guy. <laughs> I, I watched one of those a couple months ago. Oh my God! It would never fly today. Oh, the, the Junction shows or the yes. yeah shows. Oh, okay. oh. Well, Green Acres probably wouldn't fly today. But she, well, Green Acres though has sort of a subversive, yes, you know, weird vibe to it. I remember hearing Eddie Murphy talk about his love of that show, and if you actually watch it, there's some really bizarre fourth wall breaking stuff going on in that show. You know, that makes it a little more watchable. Well, you guys talking about the nostalgia makes me think that the hustle's not that good. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Well, we were talking about uh, it being too raunchy. I happen to catch uh, the lovely Miss Hathaway, who is gorgeous in this film, much as she was uh, recently in Ocean's 8, and playing a similar character. Uh, she uh, she was on uh, with uh, with Colbert talking about uh, the rating of it and how it uh, did get originally slapped with an R rating for what uh, for some of the raunchy sort of sex jokes in it. But uh, Rebel Wilson, who believe I believe is an actual lawyer or maybe took law in school, argued in front of the ratings board citing similar themed uh, jokes in male centered comedies that got a PG thirteen. Good for and her. They overturned it. Wow. So I think because they, it was the you know, ladies doing this uh, weird stuff, yes. they just Ooh. didn't care for it. 
Ooh. And there is a, an F bomb, but it's, you know, like. Well, yeah, it's PG 13, you get one. You get one. You get, but it's not about the act itself, okay. so as long as it's not. Someone bad. just says, oh. Okay, so yeah, so yeah. is Rebel Wilson better than she was in the Liam Hemsworth the romantic comedy? Uh, I, I don't. don't no, excuse me, I'm sorry. What was that? that one isn't it romantic? Isn't it romantic? What? Which um, my wife and her girlfriends all wanted to go see opening weekend, but it was sold out. Really? And they couldn't go to see it. And then. I said you should have waited to the second weekend because that was the last weekend I was in theaters. Yeah, yeah. And the same will happen with this one. I think it's the, the last one. She's having a, a tough time with a, a sort of a post-pitch-perfect uh, career. Although she has been uh, funny in a lot of different films. Uh, I think she was better in uh, Isn't It Romantic because I think the idea of that film is better. This is basically a female retread of that, that familiar stories now. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you know, 55 years old, the story. And uh, Isn't It Romantic was, uh, had this parody thing going on with... Uh, yeah, but that was a, wasn't that kind of a... Yeah, it was parody of all the rom-coms, and she just said what she wanted, right? Yeah, yeah, but, uh, well, she wonder when she tries to curse, you know, you hear car horns going off, so you can't, right. you know... You can't, can't she knew she was in a rom-com. Yeah, in that one. And this is one of those films, though, it had a good idea. It would have made a pretty good SNL sketch, maybe a pretty good half-hour comedy, but stretched to an hour and a half. It's, it's tough. So they are, they are programming a Mother's Day with Palms in the hustle, and they're figuring... Uh, Endgame's going to win. Endgame is <laughs> yeah, still going to be yes. drawing, and also we have the hockey playoffs. Well, so. you're, well, but the there's another is, film. There's, there is one more film that is very... Nostalgic in its own right. Yes. Let's move on to yes. Detective Pikachu. Yes. The Pokemon. Uh, is it a new movie with the Pokemon it's universe? Based or is it a yeah. reboot? Post- Pokemon's been around now for more, more than 20 years. 97, actually. Yeah, yeah but the, you have to. There's several versions of Pokemon. You've got the card games, you've got the games on the video, and you've got the TV series. So you have all these iterations of the same thing. And Pikachu has been at the forefront of all of them. In fact, he is the official he is the official Pokemon. In 2016, a game that is non-canon, it's not from anything else in the Pokemon universe, this game, Detective Pikachu, is about what this story is taking place. So you are not going to see Ash Ketchum. You're not going to see Misty. You're not going to see any of the other Pokemon that you know in this world. This is a different Pikachu. This is out of canon with all the other Pikachu and Pokemon movies, which my daughter had to explain to me. Well, Carl, there's a sequence in this film where there's a fellow in the, the showing the, the tournament sport, right. Pikachu, and he looks like he's dressed pretty close to the Ash character, I think that's the name. Right, of the yes, yes. Yeah. There, there's a character that looks like Ash Ketchum, but it's not Ash Ketchum because Ash Ketchum's not in this Pokemon universe. Okay. So... But uh, what, is, what was the uh, Pokemon Go app out? Was that like uh, that a couple a years year ago. after that? Yeah, so that was after the Detective No, I think Pikachu. it was before that. It was before Detective Pikachu. Or right around the same oh, time. Okay. okay. 15, 16. Yeah. The thing is... This tries to be something for everyone. If you are not a Pokemon fan, you can get into this. But the thing is, it's poorly shot. And so there would have been a ton of Easter eggs in the back. It's in a city. It's called Rise, uh, Rise City. city. And yeah. the thing about this film is, is it's a combination of Tokyo, London, New York. And, and Toontown. And, <laughs> and from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And, and a lot of people are saying this is a very much like Who Framed Roger Rabbit because 
the, the thing about Who Framed Roger Rabbit that had Warner Brothers and Disney characters and um, Freeling characters, and they had all you had all of these characters morphing into one. With Pokemon, this has all of the Pokemon regions one through six. And then Region 7, which took place after Detective Pokemon, and they're all in one. Pokemon are like pets in this. They're not like Pokemon. Uh, the city, you do not... Pokemon do not live in balls, and they don't battle except underground battles. So like they're, they're basically pets, and each person has their own Pokemon that follows them around, and... They don't speak to each other because most Pokemon only say their name, Bulbasaur, 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 or Pikachu, Pikachu. That's the only way they communicate. But we find out in the film, the Pokemon don't understand what you're saying. They just understand your emotions. <laughs> Lynn looks to the this sky. Over here. No, my son Charlie had a whole... Um, uh, cards. Cards. We have we had so many Pikachu. Uh, See, cards. that's that is the thing about this movie. We haven't even gotten into Justice Smith or the people that Ken Watanabe that's in the movie uh, and Bill Nighy. Bill Nighy, and we haven't talked about the girl who's was in a, a Paranormal. Uh, no, it was. Well, oh, she's a, in. Uh, well, Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. She was in. Uh, well, she was the, uh, the in four. She was in four. She was in Paranormal Activity four. She's okay. the lead in oh, that movie. I have her listed. She's the unfortunate uh, victim in uh, three billboards over. Yeah, Missouri. she's the daughter. Yeah, of, she is the she's daughter. She's the daughter. Oh. And, but she was so good as uh, Leslie Mann's daughter in Blockers and sort of un, uh, unheralded comedy that's, that's smarter than you think it right. should be. Yeah, I, I and she was in Venice Back. back. She was uh, the the uh, the sister. In she looks back. like she's twelve. Yeah, well, I, I she's twenty. Saying, she's twenty-two years old. I, know, I, kept on, like 12. I kept on saying after after the screen, I said she's got to be related to Susan Sarandon, and she's another one of her kids. Right? I think like, she looks like Alicia Silverstone. Oh. I and there are scenes. Oh, see, Lynn's turning her nose up again. No, no, no. I get it, and I mean it's got a big cast because Ryan Reynolds. Ryan so. Reynolds, and they use his. And that's actually the best part of the film. the The motion they use motion capture for his face to do Pikachu, and. Pikachu, due to some comic book magic, can talk to Justice Smith's character, Tim, and we're not going to get into any of that, because you know what? There will be people that see this movie, because, as you said, your son grew up on Pokemon, and since Pokemon's been around for more than 20 years, there is nostalgia associated with this film, You and the kids that just started playing Pokemon Go... That's the target audience for this. The kids that played this game in 2016, that's the target audience for this. But these 30-year-old stoners are going to go see, dude, I'm going to go to the Pokemon. It's just like SpongeBob. Yeah. It's They're going to go get high and watch this movie. Dude, I just watched a Pokemon movie. I think this movie will have a life after this movie, not necessarily now. But I think that... Midnight? See, well, the thing is, you have... Kids, and all the way, all the way up through. You know, I was too old for for Pokemon because I I was a teenager when this stuff came out. So any, I would say the cutoff is probably forty years old. But anyone less than the age of forty to kids now, there's nostalgia and there's new and there's Ryan Reynolds who you can't. Think, stop thinking about Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. just basically doing cleaned up Deadpool. Uh, Pokemon was so popular back then. You were only allowed to buy one pack at the local borders. Mm -hmm. 
and it was behind the counter. Jim, you had to ask for it. Your thoughts. Well, uh, I, 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 I the agree. story sucks. But yeah, sucks. The, the story does stink. It is, like I say, it's similar to, uh, to Roger Rabbit. Um, having a, a tough time with this Justin Smith. Uh, Justice. Act. Justice, Justice. Justice Smith. Smith. Yeah. Justin, I said, I think. That's all right. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he was really good in Paper Towns. He's, oh. he's the kid whose parents have all the, the largest collection oh, of African-American Santa Clauses. No, yeah, you're right. He was good at that. I should cut him some slack because... Radar. Like, he was, yeah, well, last year... The book was, is a ten times better, but he yeah. was good in the movie. Well, last year he was rightfully uh, rightfully earned a Razzie nomination for his role in Jurassic World. World. She, he uh, was the nerd that liked the other nerd. That just screamed through the whole thing, and he's screaming through much of this. Well, also, so, that... You ha- I will say that Fallen Kingdom is much better than Jurassic World, the first one. I, I don't care for Jurassic World, but I was impressed how the second one built on crap and made it less crappy. <laughs> but his character really didn't have Well, no, 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 no. But, but uh, that's because it's written poorly. Well, and it's because it's, it's Jurassic right. Park. <laughs> you have to have someone in well, a constant panic. Well, yeah, Ju- and that's the problem with Jurassic World. One of those In the first one, one of those kids should have been actually in peril and probably died. But you don't get that because it's Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. But because you, you don't think those kids are going to die. You need them in peril. So what they do, they kill the babysitter. That's dumb also. But the second one was better. And yes, he was not necessarily good in that one, but he was good in Paper Towns. And I like him in this movie, and it he's likable for being someone who doesn't... He, he's playing us right now, because yeah, yeah. he Pokemon do not... Uh, well, they, he, don't, they don't get along with him. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the opening sequence is him trying to acquire his own Pokemon, and it just ends disastrous. You know, with, with disastrous results, mm-hmm. it just doesn't doesn't happen for him. I didn't uh, buy the whole budding romance between him and the uh, Catherine Newton character. I thought she got to be a, a little ab- abrasive. Uh, they were trying to set her up as sort of a junior Lois Lane. And you know, I, I actually think she's a junior, uh, the reporter from Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. April, 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 April. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. that's more that's more akin to what these kids would know. Yeah. But yeah. I was kind of sad to see that the Bill Nighy's kind of wasted in, in this film. He doesn't have that a, many scenes in the movie. No, no, and he's such a talented. Uh, Chris Greer plays his son, and yeah. Ken Watabe plays the police detective, and it's yeah. Ken is in the Godzilla film coming up too, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they just wanted to uh, be they, in it because they know it's going to be this thirty-something explosion. I think they throw a lot of things on the wall. If it was shot better, you could see some of the Easter eggs that they do. But they make it. It's uh, Rob Letterman directed this movie. Yes. He did the uh, Jack Black Gulliver's Travels, right. and he did the uh, uh, Aliens versus Monsters he, and uh, Shark Tale oh. with Will Smith. Oh, Shark Tale is one of the worst animated features <laughs> ever. And he also did something else. He did the Goosebumps movie with Jack Black also. Okay. Okay. So he's used, so he started in animation, and now he's used to doing these half CGI, half live action films. And so they throw a lot. You're going to see a lot of Pokemon in this one. If you are familiar with any of them, I don't understand, and maybe it's just me, why you would give one of the major characters... If you... Lynn, name... You had your son had Pokemon cards. Name, if you had a Pokemon to be the sidekick of one of your main characters, besides Pikachu, pick one that you think it would be. Charmander. 
Charmander. Charmander's in the movie, but not a not a main character. Pick another one. Just off the top of your head, because you know what? Those would be the ones that are off the top of your head, and you would think would rise to the top. I totally forget the female one. What's her name? The oh, oh, Jigglypuff. Yeah, yeah. Jigglypuff does actually. Jigglypuff. If you're a big Pokemon fan, there's a very specific Jigglypuff because whenever they do a Jigglypuff, it's always the same Jigglypuff. My daughter had to tell me this also, but (laughs) but yes, Jigglypuff's in the movie, and it is a very funny thing for those who like Pokemon. But would you have ever picked? Psyduck as a major character? Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. You know why? I read that the screenwriters loved Psyduck. They loved the fact that it was their favorite Pokemon growing up. And so they made this... Psyduck is not at the level of a Charmander or a Bulbasaur or any of them. But they made it the main character. And my daughter gave a whole dissertation on the way home what was right and what was wrong about the movie. Oh. And you can hear that this weekend on Max on Movies, oh, okay. where uh, Max recorded her talking about it. Oh, my. That would be interesting. So you can hear that this weekend on uh, KTRS. Yeah, because yeah, but the only point of that duck characters are trying to, you know, when the running gags are trying to calm him so he doesn't explode. Because that's his trait. That's his thing here. There is a clip, a viral clip, of just Pokemon, uh, or just Pikachu dancing. Oh, I do like I do like the fact that they have the original Pokemon voice do the Pokemon or do the Pikachu voice. She is the original Pikachu voice, and so when other people hear Pikachu talking, only only uh, Justice Smith can understand him as Ryan Reynolds' voice. They have the original girl doing the Pikachu, Pikachu, Pika Pika. Yeah. When did the uh, first Pokemon movie come come out? Because I, I, I would say probably two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feature film. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they made three of them. Yeah, yeah. And they did get you know, regular play. They and Warner Brothers everything. distributed them. Yeah, yeah. Warner's behind this one, yeah. But, but uh, if you... Okay, so we have gotten into a lot of minutiae about Pokemon. And if you understood any of the minutiae, you might enjoy this film. But yeah. Jim and I did not. Yeah, we were just kind of... We weren't watching our clock, but we were kind of going, let's get on with it. And and it's weird because, so you talking about Warner Brothers, the whole last sequence is sort of a homage to the first Batman film with Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole take on the giant balloons uh, shooting out, without giving anything, shooting out some sort of gas. Right. And as I, I'm thinking, is, you know, where's Nicholson? Is the Joker, you know? Right. And, you know it's a recycled plot, and you know, I... Uh, it's just, you know, they're, they're just throwing, like I say, throwing everything against the, the wall. The reboot of the Pokemon movie that a year or two ago, that was not bad. I got dragged to that, too. But it was not bad. They redid the whole thing with brand new reboot stuff. And it was not bad. But that was the Ash Ketchum story. Was was this live action? No, no, it was animated. animated. Anime, I guess. Okay, anime, animation. And Dan liked this movie. Dan liked this movie because Dan brought his son. And Vinny enjoyed it. And so, therefore, Dan liked it, too. Okay, well, I, I generation. Well, I I think Vinny said this movie's not... Dan says this movie's not made for us. <laughs> it's made for his seven-year-old son. And so, therefore, his seven-year-old son had a good time, and therefore, he, Dan doesn't recommend it for adults. Dan recommends it for seven-year-olds. Taking your kids, I know. Now, in one sequence, it looked like uh, Ryan was singing the lyrics from the... The original song. Pokemon song. Now, didn't, didn't a presidential candidate use that as part of his concession speech? Was that... Was, yes. Was that... 
Ben Carson. No, was it Herman Cain that did that? It was some, uh, yes. Yes, it was. It, it was. It, I don't think it was that song. I think it was like a song from Pokemon Three. Oh, okay. but it was her. It was Herman Cain. Oh, yes, because Colbert, I think, did something. They caught him. Yeah, they yeah, caught yeah. Him. He's yeah. doing a song from Pokemon. But yes, Ryan Reynolds, sad Ryan Reynolds, is singing a sad version of the "Gotta Catch a Mouth." It's it's <laughs> one of the, the funnier. That moments. is actually funny. Yeah, yeah. There's they're few and far between. So so far. Of the three films out this week, we cannot recommend any of them. No. Certainly not at the full price there. It's you know, one of those things where, you know, if it's a, a rainy day and it's you come across it streaming, you can watch it or something. But, well, you know. Jim and I were talking before if any of these movies would dethrone Endgame this weekend. Oh, no. Isn't it odd? Yeah, well, you expect uh, the studios to give... The opening weekend, right? Game, or, or the second have, week, have some real contenders. At least the second weekend after. Well, I think Palms and uh, the Hustle oh. will split the the, the female, the Mother's Day stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not necessarily female. Yeah. Guys have to take their moms to movies. Yeah, you're too. right. You're yeah. right. Don't be sexist, Lynn. Okay, and I'm that, just saying the girl like the chick flicks. Night out. They're trying to get all these, you know, female movie stuff. To have a girls' night out, like let's all go. Last year, a Mother's Day movie was Book Club, mm-hmm. which is from was was Diane in there? Diane, yes, she was. Another Jane Fonda, yeah, and uh, yeah, a lot of plastic surgery in that movie. <laughs> and Jane Fonda admits that too. He's like, yeah, oh, look whoa, at these. Yeah. Well, even Seth Rogen said this last week. He said, "I don't care if one." Percent of everyone that saw Endgame goes out to see Longshot. I'd be happy with one percent of everyone that saw that. <laughs> and he said that then this film would be a huge success. Yeah, yeah. But I'm guessing that even one percent of week three is not going to be any of these films. No. Well, remember traditionally Memorial Day was the kickoff to the summer. It was the tenth, and that will be Aladdin. Yes, and, <laughs> a Disney uh, movie. And so yeah. next week, I think John Wick three will dethrone. Well, that's not that's not Memorial Day. That's the week no. before Memorial yeah, Day. Right, Aladdin right. will be the one that well, Aladdin because it's got not R-rated. No, Aladdin right. because everybody will go. I think John th- John Wick three will have a good week. Yes. Do you know that each John Wick film gets longer. It, yeah, I saw that this was one hundred thirty one minutes. I was like, is, is, was it that much longer than the, the last one? The last one seemed pretty long to me. Well, yeah. we were Max and I were talking off the air. We were talking about. Why they got Halle Berry to be in the third one, and I said Max once really wanted to be Carrie Ann Moss <laughs> because <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne's in the second one. That's right, that's and right. he's actually in this one too. Yeah. Uh, John Leguizamo was not in the third one, but he was in the second one. The only person that's been in all three besides Keanu yeah. Reeves, Ian McShane. Oh yes, yes. He's, and they want to make a movie. Uh, they want to make a TV series called The Continental, and Stars has picked it up. Really? And it's going to be jumping through time, so Keanu Reeves could make an appearance. Ian McShane doesn't have to make an appearance. I'd imagine that uh, Lance Riddick would probably be there. Oh, he's been in all three all also. Okay. Or was he in the second one? I didn't. I haven't seen the second one yet. I'm going to see it before next week. Oh, boy, I can't recall. He's the concierge at the Continental. Yeah, I think he is in the second one. Yeah, yeah. Lance, yeah, I think so. I get conf- I'm confused with the fellow that plays Martian Manhunter on Supergirl. So there, yeah. Well, there's a couple movies that we are we haven't seen that are on the indie circuit this weekend too. So there's one called Red Joan. Red Joan. Yes, yes. Which is that Helen Mirren? 
Uh, no, that's Dame Judy Dench. Oh, I'm sorry. And she's I get my old white women mixed up. I'm not sure of the time period, but I believe she's uh, she's arrested as a KGB agent. Current. She she's current. No, she's later in life. Oh, she gets okay. arrested for what she did. As so, it's all it's all in flashbacks. So okay, so it's probably set in the seventies, maybe, and it's you know stuff it's based she on a true 50s. story. Okay, hmm. and it's uh, and so, Trevor Nunn directed this also. So oh, she's been selling. Secrets to the Soviets, but n- not like military secrets, like industrial secrets. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's probably going to be just a front neck, I guess, probably, more than likely. Uh, yes, I think so. We could I have think had it's... screener links of it if anyone well, wasn't our, watching our... Game 7 of the Western uh, semifinals. Well, our the one good thing about Palms was it was early enough that we got home to watch the, the rest of the... Oh, uh, yeah, uh, listen yeah, on the way home. The, er, all the scoring was early. An entire hockey game had gone on before they scored again. <laughs> right, and um, when we uh, when I was driving home, uh, the uh, the uh, radio guys were Chris like, Kerber and yeah, uh, they were they Joey were Vitale. like uh, the Blues could have won this a couple times. Yes, they could have. And then Ben Bishop was just so so awesome. But anyway, John Hamm was there. Yes, he was, and he was all over social media. And we showed him on camera twice, and the second time. He was on his phone, and then someone said, hey, look up. And then he stood up, looked right at the camera, and told everybody to stand up. <laughs> and gave, gave the arms, which is exactly what we wanted him to do. And then he went and hid, so we wouldn't do that again. Oh, uh, well, he said he did a lot of high fives. Uh, Channel 5 and Channel 2, both our Fox 2 and KSDK, both had uh, really good interviews with him after the game. I mean, he, he was went just, down to talk to Pat Maroon after the game. Yeah, he hugged him, and then he, t- that he talked to his son. That was there. Mm-hmm. So he he is a massive uh, ambassador for St. Louis. He does have the hat of lies, though. He said, I've had... He did a commercial once that said, uh, I've had this hat since. And then he gave a date when they hadn't made that hat. But it's still a good story, and we love John Hand for supporting the Blues. But it's the hat of lies in the old commercial. <laughs> and he did narrate a film about NHL hockey... Yeah, and he did uh, narrate the 2011 team Cardinals uh, World Series uh, DVD and stuff. But you were going to say something. Well, I was going to say that about Red Joan that uh, our friend Kate Marquis did get a link to it, and she'll be hopefully posting a review tomorrow morning on the Geek site of Red Joan if you want to find out. More about that, whether you want to make the excursion to Plaza from that to... Uh, WeAreMovieGeeks.com There is a... Uh, What's the other one? Uh, it's called Long Day's Journey Into Night, which I thought Wait was a, minute. a remake of the Eugene O'Neill uh, play, classic literature. But Jim says it looks like it's has nothing to do with that. Well, it's a Japanese film. And uh, before we went on, uh, I was checking the old Facebook feed, and I got a... Facebook thing from a, the Tivoli, which had, I guess, uh, clips from it or the trailer. And it looks like it's a modern, instead of modern day or maybe a pseudo futuristic Japan with uh, a CGI bug creatures in it. Wow. So uh, that's a far way from, <laughs> you from Eugene O'Neill's family about the, the alcoholic mother. <laughs> they would not show that to us or offer us any links to it. And, oh, is there Maybe a, that's why. And, uh, and there's one more film, but it's it's not going to the uh, the front neck or the uh, the Tivoli. I believe the the film bio Tolkien is uh, yes. going to get uh, probably three or four different uh, multiplexes. Well, they did they did a Fathom Events the yes. other night with uh, Nicholas Holt and yes. the director and yeah. Stephen Colbert, who is a huge. He's a fan. Tolkien. 
fans. So, uh, yeah, so that's special. That's not in wide release. No, I think that was basically the Fathom events and then New York and Los Angeles. Yeah. Right. But the director is a fellow named Dom Korokowski, who uh, directed a film I heard of from a couple of years ago. I think when I played the festival here called Tom of Finland. And, I remember uh, that film. You remember that? You heard that one? Yeah. yeah oh, and Danny would want us to mention, he hates it, no one calls him Danny except his mother and me. Um, Danny would want us to mention the film that is out right now on Netflix, the uh, Zac Efron, Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. Yeah, in fact... What is it called? Uh, uh, vile and Evil. Oh! Extremely Vile. Yeah, it's based on his old girlfriend. Ted Bundy's old girlfriend, the girl he was stalking, yeah. wrote a book. Uh -huh. And Extremely Vile, Incredibly Violent... It, it, now, isn't she played in this movie by Lily Collins, who also is in Tolkien? Wow. So that's kind of Bill weird. Collins' daughter. Yes. Yes. Who is in she... Mirror, Mirror, now, with the big eyebrows. Now, our friend, yeah. again, our friend Kate saw the, uh, the Fathom of Tolkien the other day, mm -hmm. and I asked her about it last night at the screening of Oswald, and, I, and she wasn't too enthusiastic about well, it. Max and I were talking about it also, and Max has heard nothing from people that he respects say it's not very good. But, uh, well, maybe that's why they're not having yeah. a big rollout. Yeah. Well, J.D. Salinger was another writer that Nicholas Holt played a couple of years ago. And oh, I did not do her, very yes. well in that movie. Did do well. It was Writer in the Rye, was that the name of it? And yeah. I asked Kate if this was a little better than that, and she said, not, not really. You know what? There's a hard time. Uh, writers in movies, it's hard. It's hard to depict writers. Adaptation. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the best one. And uh, but it is it's it's very it's very weird in cold blood. But uh, yeah, I was going to say with all the stuff that we're not recommending that you have to pay for. If you have Netflix at home, that's probably your best bet. I've heard and that. it's on it's on the main page, right? Yeah, yes, I was going to say yes. I think dropping tomorrow also is a uh, wine country. Oh, now see that's the movie for all the girls' nights out and the women gathering because that's Amy Poehler directing Tina Fey and I think the script. Uh, and Tina, um, Tina Fey, Faye, really? and then it's their it's their group from like Thirty Rock and SNL, yeah. and and it's uh, sort of based on the true story of them uh, celebrating Rachel Dratch's fiftieth uh, birthday, and she's kind of playing the birthday girl in this too. And a guest star is in it, Maya Rudolph. A couple of the uh, wow. the writers are from the show. Yeah, I think. Paula Paula Pell. Oh, she is hilarious. Is she on the AP Bio show? Yes, right now? Okay. she is okay. with Patton Oswalt. Yes. Uh, yes, indeed, indeed. Yes, who is now the voice of uh, the main character in The Secret Life of Pets, I believe, mm -hmm. which will be coming out soon. Yes, yeah, Paula Pell was a writer on SNL, and yeah. she's a middle-aged uh, lady, and she is one of the funniest people you'll ever see. She's in the documentary now they did called Co-op, which is a spoof of Stephen Sondheim's landmark <laughs> company. And oh. it's John Mulaney and Tara Kellum. This is and, part of the yeah. uh, documentary now no, show, yeah. right. Okay. She, she plays the Elaine Stritch part. And the reason I'm laughing is because I saw the original documentary that they're spoofing, and she couldn't be just more hilarious. And if you have seen her on a talk show, she kills it every time. She's she's very mm -hmm. very witty lady, very funny. Very so she, so yeah, wine country. I think is uh, probably we haven't so seen it, but that is probably the best bet. We're saying weekend. see wine country and extremely wicked, shocking, shockingly evil and vile. And oh, there's okay. a there's a, a HBO miniseries on Chernobyl, which uh, it's four four parts. 
Yeah, which is looks phenomenal. Yeah, is it uh, starring one of the Scars guys? Yes, yeah. Stellan, the Stellan. dad of Bill and Alex. Alex, who is very funny in the long shot, I must say. Yes, and Bill, who's very creepy as the Pennywise in, in It. Oh, that trailer drops today. Oh, the new It. Uh, mm, it, the it, next chapter, chapter two. Chapter When's two? that coming out? Uh, this summer. Oh, this summer? Or this fall. Soon. I think it fall. Enough, enough time that they can drop a trailer today. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Carl, I don't know if you've heard about uh, Disney rolling out a new calendar of upcoming yes. releases. No real titles. Upcoming it, Marvel project. Yes. Upcoming Pixar project. Yes. Upcoming Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of movies this summer, Toy Story 4. Yeah. Yeah. That is an upcoming Pixar project, too. And then Onward with an all-star cast. And then they released what the next three Pixar movies are without any information. Yes. But no information as to what the Marvel What the Marvel movies are. Only two Marvel films next year. Next year, but... No, there's one more. Isn't there one more this year? Well, there's one more this year. I mean, but we year, don't. Yeah. Well, besides Spider-Man: Far From Home, isn't there another one? Uh, no, that, I think Spider-Man is that next Far- year. No, maybe next year because we've already had Captain Marvel, which they announced uh, is going to be released right. on Blu-ray June 11th. And they, none of them will be on Netflix. Captain Marvel will not be on Netflix. Right. It will be on Disney Plus in November. That's that's what's going on. I'm sorry, I, I needed to focus. We are one year out from the next Marvel movie after Spider-Man: Far From Home which they have not... Everyone thinks it's going to be the Black Widow movie because that's the one with the most information out there, even though we don't have any information out there. But we have not heard any... You think if they were doing Black Panther 2, we would have heard something. If they were doing Doctor Strange 2, we would have heard something. Well, I did hear something on that from from one of my sources that uh, said that uh, the the director of the first Strange and the writer was saying something to the effect of... we had a big get together recently. Yeah, but that's and not that's not enough time to turn a movie around. Right. I know, here. no, that needs a lot of uh, special effects time to uh, to get all that uh, with the film. So, Black Widow is probably your movie that's going to be out in May of 2020. I think that's a really good guess. And then yeah. Scarlett Joe just kills Scar Joe just kills it. Yeah, and she's dating Colin Jost. Still. Oh, yeah, for the past few years. years yeah. And she was married to Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, we were mentioning that at the screens. They were actually married for a couple of years. But uh, but yeah yeah, talking about uh, Dan, I'll, I'll call him Danny. He uh, <laughs> had a, had a piece the other day is about how they really have to consider and push for Robert Downey Jr. for best actor for Endgame because he's doing some spectacular work in that. With a and character. he wants the Russos as well, yeah. as directors. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think, yeah. Um, well, I've been a fan of his for a long time. But he's, said that he's been nominated zero. before. He got nominated yes. for Chaplin. For Chaplin. Chaplin. Thunder. And yes. Tropic Thunder, which he is hilarious. Now, did he but, get, there was, Chaplin and Chaplin? Tropic Thunder. Did he That's not, a bit. Um, wasn't there another one? I guess not. I no, we yeah, we all yeah. think he should have been nominated for Less Than Zero and also for Zodiac, but yeah. he didn't. But yeah, he's you gotta you know, you consider he's been doing this character for over ten years, and we saw sides of Tony Stark in this we've never seen in any of the other films. So no, he's still and, making it fresh. Mm-hmm. And know? and I would encourage people to just not pay attention to the internet fake spoilers 
because that's really annoying. <laughs> One of Lynn's students yeah. went to the movie and thought something was going to happen that never happened. <laughs> because they're ruined. And even when they try not to look on the internet, they get these pop-ups on their phones. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's really sad. Well, I did see it a second, third time, in 3D both times. And it, I, I tell you, you know, if you're really a huge 3D fanatic, you know, of course you'll go see it. But I don't think the uptick uh, adds that much to it. They do some interesting things with some of Hawkeye's weaponry. Hmm. And uh, without spoiling anything, it, that during the, the big finale, it looks like one of the characters rises up out of the third row of seats to do something. That which sounds is kind of neat. good. But, uh, but yeah, otherwise, you know, you just see it on the biggest screen you possibly can, you know. Yeah, and there's so many people. I mean, Dan thought, speaking of Dan, he was unable to be with us today. That's why we didn't even mention that in the beginning. That's yeah, we did. Why, okay, we did. That's why Jim's here. But he saw it three times, and my student that came in to talk to me about some other things said he saw it four times in the weekend. So, I mean, maybe four days or, you know. Because it is a long movie, three hours, and you have to plan on the cuts. I wonder how the crowds are. I wonder if there's any lines still. Oh, I wonder. Maybe on the weekends. But, Probably. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. And still, the, the, the second and third time I saw it, of course, the first time we saw it was a press reading. They don't have trailers. And, uh, yeah, there are at least five trailers the, the last couple of times wow. I saw it. Yeah, I was really surprised. Well, uh, the Russos said that now it's okay, the, spoil the spoiler thing's been lifted, but, but I don't think do so. I don't think that you should. I don't think anything should be told about this movie till it comes out on DVD, and then maybe you can say a few things. Well, I had an interesting thing this weekend. I was at uh, Drawing at Grant's Farm. That's what I do during the week, by the way, and a uh, caricature artist there. And I will give the same offer I did on Paul Harris's show. You come in to uh, Grant's Farm, you say you heard me on this podcast, and I will take... 15% off your nose. Woo! So there you go. I'll make it shorter, <laughs> give you a nice little little bump there on the end of my little face. Very cool. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so I'll, I'll, be saw there. Old, I'll be there tomorrow. So I saw an old friend of mine there, and I asked him, he was wearing an in-game t-shirt, and I said, so how many times have you seen it? I said, I, he said, I haven't. He said, the last movie I saw was Thor Ragnarok. And I was like, really? Oh, wow, you're he behind. Said, he said, yeah. I said, well, what should I see? And I said, well, you should definitely see Infinity War. No, he has, he, you know what's after... Ragnarok, Black Panther. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, if you're if you're cut for time, if you don't have a lot of time, I would think definitely the essential. It, it is goes Infinity Black War. Panther, Infinity War, Ant Man and Wasp, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel, Endgame. Yeah. He's I very far behind. He's I told like people to see. I told people to see. I go, but you have to see the original Iron Man. But the Man real essential stuff to see, I think, you know, definitely in Infinity War and probably Ant Man and the Wasp. But, no, uh, there's only one. No, I think well, for yeah. sure you have to see uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier. You think? I, I think so. Yeah. Or you can see all 22 of them. Yeah. Yes. But I picked out like six people should see. They go, oh, that's a lot. Go, well, then you go in blind and then you'll have to play catch up. But but those are the ones that I think you have to see before you see. Okay, but, uh, but, well. Yeah, yeah. Infinity War is the definite one to see before this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you'll be entertained by Endgame, but the hardcore guys like myself, I was just just loving all the references to yeah, really the some of the yeah the, the, some of the films that aren't that popular in the except uh, in the except Incredible Hulk. Even though there a character from Incredible Hulk is in this movie too. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, so it's it's uh, I guess it's what you you know like people. There's some people that have you know I've never seen a superhero movie and I'm not gonna start now. 
You know, so it's no, you know it's, it's, it's harder and harder to do that because yeah. every every movie is a superhero movie. Yeah, Atomic well, Blonde is a superhero movie, right? To each his own, and that's the way it is. And uh, we do have a couple DVDs that are out. Let's run through those. Yes, we have the Lego Movie Two, which I thought was already out because it was out streaming, but now oh, it is out on DVD. That's the right. Lego Movie Two is a disappointment yes. because the first one is so great. It is. Yes. It's, uh, I think, one of the uh, the four in a row animated features that have un- un- are underperformed at the yes. box office. Uh, last weekend, uh, you added Ugly Dolls to that, which right. well, was terrible. Lego Movie 2 is not bad. It's just not the Lego Movie. Oh, yeah. To compare it to something else, you have to... You you can't not think of Lego Movie when you think of Lego Movie Part 2. And Lego Movie Part 2 is not as good as the first one. No, it's overstuffed. Yeah. It's and just it's too busy. Lego Movie is so superior. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I even enjoyed the Batman with the Lego Batman movie so much. It's fun. It's yes. a fun Batman it movie. Is a which fun. You, you hard, it's kind of like what Spider-Verse was. It was something fun and something different. And Lego Batman movie was that for Batman. And uh, Lego but, and Movie I, But 2. I still enjoyed Lego Movie 2. I just... We all see sat it, there. See right? it now. Because we yeah. had high expectations because yeah. of one. I wanted it so, to be yes. so bad. Yeah. And then there's the remake of the Mel Gibson What Women Want movie uh, using a woman, Taraji B. Henson, in that part. What Men Want. And Tracy Morgan is in that movie. Very funny. And, and she's able to hear the thoughts of men in the work. But not, uh, as I recall, for the Gibson thing. It was mostly for romantic purposes. For this yes. film, it's mostly for her business purposes. Yeah, <laughs> to get ahead in her, her yeah. sports uh, pro- promotion company, climbing know? up the ladder. Well, the the DVD rental that I will recommend is "They Shall Not Grow Old." Yes. It's the documentary about the World War One, and it's lovingly restored, and it's a, a technical marvel. Now, hopefully, if you rent it or purchase it. If you're a history buff, it's definitely worth a purchase. They'll have the wonderful making of documentary that I saw when it was part of a Fathom event that's, that takes you uh, through what Peter Jackson did. Peter Jackson is a huge World War One buff and uh, how they were able to, uh, to spruce up this footage, actually add, add sound to it. And it's just, it's just an amazing accomplishment. They was, used uh, archives from um, Various museums that had the soldiers talking. Was Oceana involved in World War One? I? I think so. <laughs> well, because that's where Stephen Jack or Peter Jackson's from, and so he had a relative that was in. Yeah, okay. He's been fascinated since he was a little kid, and then with his technical prowess, mm-hmm. he was able to get this done. They have spent so many hours and so much money restoring, remastering these newsreels and uh, the, oh. the photos and, and the, the recordings. They wanted to record people with their memories before they got old yeah. so they weren't talking to them when they were in their 70s and 80s. Yeah, they, they got it from uh, the BBC stuff from the 1950s and they were using that. And, well, I'm talking about the, the sound effects. You know, Peter Jackson is such a buff. He says, well, how do you recreate the sound of uh, one of the uh, caisson wagons that, that hauls one of the, uh, the, the machine guns. Well, you just take it out of your garage. And he's actually got a World War One era. <laughs> he has wagon. a World War One weapon 
In his house in New Zealand. Yeah, well, in his, you know, one or of his, one of his many houses. Storage garages. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine he keeps all the, a lot of the props. I'm sure Fran's very happy that he has that at home. Yeah, well, he does the intro to this film, and he sets it up. He tells you what they did, what's all that. It is, it is a, a truly eye-opening, because personally, I didn't know much about World War One, even though we studied it in school, because it's just... Archduke Ferdinand, that's yeah, what you need to know yeah, about World War One. which is, yeah, this shows uh, the young, how young these guys were, and, yeah, it, and uh, it was a point of honor to go. Quite on the Western Front. Yes, yes and they were film. so ill-prepared for what's ahead. It is a little gruesome, they do show dead Machine bodies, guns. they show... They show parts of bodies. They show the the uh, vermin and dysentery and grossness of the trenches. Yeah, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yes, World yes. War One. Yeah, I remember there was a documentary about the Universal horror films, and they said a lot of the uh, sort of inspiration for the, the horror film makeups were the people coming back from World War One. This was just best a years gruesome. of our life. No, that was World War Two. Yeah. Two. yeah, sorry. But uh, but you know, no, the All Quiet the Western Front got best picture. It did. And it, I think it holds up very well for being horrible ending. Old. Yeah, but we can be <laughs> but it's a war film. Yeah, yeah. Ninety-year-old film. It's good. It's really well done. Well, it, it takes point of view of the British because yeah. the, the U.S. We weren't in it that long. We we started late. We got in it late. That's what but we do. Britain was rah rah and got and oh, yeah, so it's basically it the but it's more than the British troops because I do think the New Zealand slash Australian it oh, was yes. ever the you know the because well, they were under British rule. Yeah, yeah British yeah, rule yeah. All colonized those, yes yeah. and then French I can't remember the French but it's a it's a melting pot of people French yeah. Italy and. And that, but they're so young, and they're so gung ho, and they're so naive. Yeah, yeah, it's just a call it the meat grinder. <laughs> but but it, it's definitely that they'll start showing it in schools because yeah. it's probably the best uh, documentary oh. attempt. Would you say that World War Two has been over documentaried, and World War One has not been uh, under document? Has been under documented? That, that may be the case because this uh, World War One is closer to the start of the, the motion picture era. Yeah. So a lot of the footage has completely been lost and disintegrated. It was probably on nitrate stock or something. So I think that uh, there there's much more available from World War II. And uh, in World War II, we had clear-cut enemy, uh, two enemies, and clear-cut reasons. But World War One is a little murkier, and people didn't really know. I mean, yeah, the Archduke Ferdinand. Was assassinated, but really, what did it all mean? And, and when World War II, I'm sorry, in World War II, we had actual filmmakers making documentaries. There, we had propaganda John, films. Yeah, we had John, Walt Disney, John Ford, Frank Capra, uh, John Huston. So, you know, definitely, we've got a lot more footage from those uh, those years. George Stevens. So, and I think there's a documentary about that on uh, on Netflix. I think uh, Five Came Back or something. Like yes. That. Yeah. Is that the John Ford one? I think, well, like John Ford is one of them. I think okay. That the, one of the five, I think, that they profile in that one. So. Lynn, there's other movies that no one are gonna, no one is going to rent on uh, DVD. I know. The Prodigy, Blaze, and Liar. So I've never heard of them. Yeah, Blaze I saw, and I don't recommend it. It's about a, a folk singer that's a sort of folks blues singer, and he just got tough breaks, and he was drunk most of the time. But was that the one with Ethan Hawke? Ethan Hawke is one of the producers of it. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought we got a link and I. <laughs> 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 well, that's 
how much she well, enjoyed well, it. Well, we get so many yeah. opportunities to see things. One of the reasons I'm a light on films this week and next, I will be here next week. Yeah, last is, week you were in Los I Angeles. I was in La La Land. And, and next week she's going to be in New York. And, and, and true story. Uh, when I was saying that I went to the daytime Emmys, I went to the Creative Arts Awards on Friday night. You mean which, the Alex Trebek Love Fest? Yeah, and they gave 72 awards on Friday night. Wow. I did not stay for all of them. And then it was in the Pasadena Civic Center. And then uh, Sunday was the 46th annual daytime Emmys awards and it was the love fest for Alex Trebek. But as we are waiting for the sparkly people to go sit down in front because... It was like herding cats. They kept telling everybody to get in their seats, but all the the pretty people that are the stars. But they're they being were, interviewed by E. Yeah, and they were they were not fast to sit down, but the rest of us that were in the back were, and uh, they played the the score of La La Land. I thought, what universe am I in? Because you know, Hollywood is a bubble. But uh, what was fun? What the highlights of the Emmy Awards on Sunday were Sesame Street celebrated its 50th anniversary, yes. and that was very lovely. Uh, CBS this morning had its 40th anniversary. And announced and they, a new, a new uh, their new lineup. And and they had a, they had a you know, nice... Oh, tribute. for their evening news, yeah. Well, yeah. no, the CBS this morning is going to have Gail and uh, Tony, and the guys from the weekend are moving to the ring because uh, John Dickinson is moving to... Uh, 60 Minutes, and oh. Nora's moving to CBS Evening News. I was going to say, Gail's not going to be Gail, there with Gail's Jane. staying. Well, Gail's not going to be there with Jane Pauly on Sunday. No, no, no. CBS, CBS, CBS oh, early morning. Yeah, early yeah morning. this morning. Monday through Friday. This morning, yes. Right. And then, um, yeah, and so this was CBS Sunday morning. Oh, Sunday were, morning. Yeah, so did, they started did with... Did Charles come out? Uh, no, they started <laughs> with Charles Peralt, and then they went to Charles Osgood, and then they went to Jane Pauly, but they didn't. Mo. Rocco no, was Rocco. there, and then another dude yeah, I that forget I forget his, his name. His name. Yeah. yeah, he was there. And then Kathy Lee Gifford got a big retirement send-off. But Still? her speech was actually very genuine and very good and very heartfelt and really heart-tugging. It was, it was excellent speech. And uh, they also had... Uh, Oh, gosh, what else? Oh, Alex Trebek, when he won, he said he did not want a sympathy award. Right. And uh, the people behind the scenes that I knew told me that the voting was done for the best game show host before he announced it. He announced it. So, therefore, it wasn't. Oh. Yeah. Now, the biggest thing on well, Friday night... Uh, that I noticed is that Amazon and Netflix are quite the players in the 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 children's market, programming. the children's programming. They were up mm -hmm. there quite a bit, and also Disney Junior. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone told me that if you want to, uh, that they are hiring a lot of female writers at Disney Junior. Really. Good. Yes, yeah, which yeah. is a good thing well, because they're going to have to prop because of Disney Plus. All that stuff is going to go somewhere, yeah, and yeah. Disney's notorious for making series that last one hundred episodes and then they move on to something else. Yeah, unless they are extremely popular, like a Hannah Montana or a Zach and Cody, and even they did a hundred episodes and then they moved them on a boat. And first it was Sweet Life, 
of Zack and Cody Live a Sweet Life on deck, and they like to make nice round 100 episodes, and then they move on. They have shows, and I'm not even sure what network, but Beat Bugs and The Loud House and Guillermo del Toro's involved in a Tales what? of... Is it Tales of... I'm, I can't remember. But no, but yeah, there's so many people. Uh, on Sunday, Valerie Bertinelli won two awards for, for her, her cooking, cooking show, show. Mm-hmm. and Rachel Ray won. And there was a there was a, a tribute to a daytime icon from a late night icon. Yes, that's right. I knew there was something I was forgetting. Judge Judy got the Lifetime Achievement Award, and the surprise presenter was Amy Poehler. Right. She didn't want anybody to know that, that she was there. So but she showed up at the daytime. Hours. Yeah, so <laughs> she came out and gave a speech, and Judge Judy killed. She was hilarious. She Did said, she have the ponytail in? No. Okay. She said that when she first went to law school, this professor was on the steps and said to her, um, how do you feel about taking the place of a man who needs to earn a living? <laughs> and she said to the audience, never say that to a girl from Brooklyn. <laughs> and, uh, well, they yeah. sort of recreated that in that, uh, the recent film about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yeah. didn't they? That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he said, tell us, well, the Sam Watterson is the, the dean or something. He said, oh, tell, yeah. us, tell us why you deserve to be here more than a man. Who's you know, providing for his family? Yeah, Judge Judy was fifty-two when she got her show. They have so many legal shows on now that there was enough for a category. And my sister, who was my plus one, she lives out in L.A. Uh-huh. She said, "I didn't know there were that many shows. There were it's Judge Mathis, and then Judge Judy, and then somebody else, Judge Joe Brown, and then uh, the winner was the Lauren Lakis uh, Paternity Court. Oh, oh well, there's also the one uh, that had. Uh, Justice Bench or uh, yeah, yeah, there's, Justice there's three, there's three, three, yeah, three yeah, of them. They there's were nominated. Still, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Still thing. yeah, so they they had you know because they had four nominees. They only have five, but they had four. <laughs> but there was enough. There was a, yeah the people with the three three under bench is mm-hmm. that it? I, I don't know, but but that, that was bench? well Something. they they lost. And there's people screaming at their device right now going. That show's called... It doesn't matter. I know. Yeah, please uh, let us know on the socials. No. Uh, uh, for, since Mother's Day that. is m- uh, Sunday... Hot bench. I, hot, that's right. Hot that's right. Bench. Bench. And, I didn't, hot, yeah. and I didn't look it up. That popped into my head. There you go. I was hoping that uh, we would uh, be able to... Uh, Talk about our favorite mom movies, movies I can with give good you moms. Two. Um, I, I will say this, preface this with um, one year, my children, my, my two sons, gave me Serial Mom as a Mother's Day DVD, because usually they would give me a Robert Redford DVD for uh, for obvious reasons. And so uh, yeah, as a bonus to my The Natural DVD, they gave me Serial Mom. <laughs> nice. So that probably says a lot. <laughs> Uh, I will give you two because uh, most movies of Disney lore have no moms because all the parents are dead. Uh, I'm going to go with Brave, yeah. which is about a very loving mother, yeah. even though it's it's uh, Pixar, but it's still Disney. Yes. Even though in Wreck-It Ralph 2, they say, she's from the other studio. That's right. We don't know about her. Well. She, she speaks in her Irish in brogue. Her brogue yeah. And uh, if you uh, don't get along with your mom... August Osage County. <laughs> Watch that as a family. That will that'll create some awkward conversations. Yes. Well, I'm going to go all the way back. You're speaking of Disney. 
And Bambi. Well, no, no, I would say the original Dumbo. Dumbo. Not oh. this mess that Tim no. Burton put out a few no. months ago. But well, Dumbo's not a main character in its own movie. Yeah, yeah. But the Dumbo, and boy, I tell you, it still packs a wall up that baby mind mm-hmm. sequence. Incredible. And uh, if we want to go with uh, maybe bad moms or evil moms, it's it's tough to be worse than and, and Angela Lansbury in the Manchurian, Manchurian Candidate in '62. That's the the mother of all mean moms in the movies. Although Mommy Dearest uh, would be a yeah. uh, top contender in that. And but, but a nice mom, though, if I could uh, throw one more. Yeah, on. yeah, I, believe, I believe that the title of it is just Mother, the Albert Brooks film. Yes! With a wonderful performance by Debbie Reynolds. Maybe her last really great uh, big screen performance. She's terrific in it. She is, and that is a night. I wrote this down, nineteen ninety six, just for reference. Because on the microphone, it. Lynn, so people can hear oh, you. It uh, mother is nineteen ninety six. Albert Brooks, uh, not to be confused with the Darren Aronofsky. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, that oh, movie so with uh, so Jennifer Lawrence, oh, the Jesus God. allegory movie. It is not good. Chances oh, are, man. except for the Albert Brooks movie, if it has mother or mama in the title. No. I, I was talking to Max about this the other day. Are you looking forward to the Octavia Spencer Ma? Not really. No. I, uh, no. I'm kind of wishing. Well, you know, she she actually won an Oscar, I guess, for uh, for being with the producers of Green Book recently. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, well, why do you want to go? You know, do this type of thing. She produced something. Else she was very that. good as the mom in Fruitvale Station. Okay. She played oh, yeah. Michael B. Jordan's yeah. she's mother. A, she's a good actress. I think she's just going to have fun with this film. Yeah. I think it's going to be a campy romp. Uh, yeah. I have a feeling that she's not going to mug it up too much like Dennis Quaid did a couple oh, weeks ago. Oh, So, uh, some other mother movies, just uh, depending on your mood. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Uh, That's uh-huh. the granddaddy of uh, single moms. Well, then, then it was the basis for the TV show Alice. Yes, and Martin Scorsese directed it in 1974, and Ellen Burstyn won her Oscar. And so you got to go to that one. I wrote about it in the Wonder Women that's on the Alliance of Women Film Journalists role. I wrote, uh, because we had to pick our top 100 characters in movies. Uh, you want to know what the number one? female character in, in movies according to us women critics was? Uh, Mildred Pierce. Yeah, that's a good choice. No. It was Wonder Woman. Frances McDormand Fargo. Fargo. Marge Gunderson. Oh, She's yeah. pregnant. Marge yes. Gunderson. Mother to be. Number yeah. one. Well, it wasn't mother. It was just women. Oh, okay. Uh, in in the, the women. But my three that I wrote about for the Wonder Women series, the a list that the women's film group did, I wrote about uh, Ellen, uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore, Alice. Because we had to write about the character, not mm-hmm. the actress. And I wrote about uh, Holly, Holly Hunter's character in Broadcast News. Aww. And I wrote about Hermione in Harry Potter. Oh, those nice. were the three. So those were the Wonder Women. But Alice always holds a special place in my heart because it was so groundbreaking. When 1974, women couldn't even get a loan at the bank in their name until 1974, so you can imagine. So that was Martin Scorsese was just starting out, and that that was, you know, him. And then I would like to do a little shout-out to the 1994 version of Little Women with Susan Sarandon as Marmy. Oh, yeah, Winona Ryder, Claire Danes, Kirsten Dunst, Christian Bale. Hmm. 
Way yeah. Gabriel Byrne is in that. Right? Yeah, yeah, 1994. Yeah. And then, or, or, or you can watch any of the. I mean, 1939 version's really good. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah with Catherine Hepburn. Yes. Oh, that's like 33 or something. 33. I think so. 30s. Yeah, yeah. She's really young in that. It's my all-time favorite book. Well, Liz Taylor's good too. My all-time favorite book, Little Women. Uh, there's a couple other ones. Um, Shirley MacLaine in terms of endearment. Aww. I have done that. No spoilers. I know. I have done that shouting at the nurses in the hallway. Let me tell you, oh, I have done it, that before. Wait, is it Greta Gerwig doing another version of Little yeah. Women right now? Yes. Yes. Good. yes, she is with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Uh, and it's filming in Massachusetts. And then uh, you talked about Meryl Streep as the evil mom in August Osage County in One True Thing. She's Oscar nominated as a stay-at-home mom, and she gives that part so much dignity. Renee Zellweger plays, it's based on Anna Quinlan, who was a columnist for the New York Times. Yes. Her relationship with her mother. She adored her professor father, who is William Hurt, and she just thought of her mom as a stay-at-home mom that, you know, did everything. And her mother's going through cancer, so she moves back home temporarily, and she discovers the strength of her mother and what a wonderful person she really was and that she was really the star of that family. The rock of the family. Yeah, and and so it's, it's based on a book. But Meryl, that was one of her many, many Oscar nominations. And then, just one more little thing. There's a there's a movie with Julie Kavner, written by Nora Ephron, called This Is My Life. Mark Simpson. Yes. yes. She plays, she wants to be a stand-up comic. She's a mother of two girls. Gabby Hoffman's one of them. And she decides she's going to be a stand-up comedian. And she starts being successful but she's this mom of these two, single mom of these two mm -hmm. girls. So it's how she combines. Is that like early 90s? Yes. Yeah. I think I might have seen that. Yeah. Is yeah, did Jim Brooks direct that one? Yeah. Producer? Yeah. Remember, yeah. yeah. So it's one of those little hidden gems that you really got to look for. Because it's not like, you know, uh, Forrest Gump. You know. I remember her black curly hair in front of a microphone. Yeah. And wearing, like, 90s clothes. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's one of those little tiny gems. So that's what I wanted to say. For the mom roles, those are it. We, we uh, Moms are just one of those, uh, you know, we're, everybody's called a mom, but we're multifaceted people. Next week, uh, well, yeah, I want to see, see John Wick, but I don't think I'm going to be able to because of uh, St. Louis Blues hockey. And you'll are you going to see? You haven't seen the first two. I know. So Daniel, but I'm going to gonna, I'm going to be in New York City. Oh, so Dan will talk about it next week. And there are other movies coming out next. Yes, week. yes. Well, to, to, let's see. There's uh, two films we're getting on Monday. We're getting the Ray Fiennes directed White Crow, the story of uh, Rudolf Nureyev's uh, defection to the West. Yes. And then later on this evening, based on uh, the young adult novel, which is a Phrase I dread. It's uh, the movie The Sun is Also a Star. And then two. That, that's, that's about immigration. Really? Yes. It's a, a girl doesn't think she's ever going to fall in love. They had this. They had the trailer for it in front of. Of uh, Pikachu. Pikachu, yes. That's. She's being deported the next. Her family's being deported the next day. Oh. She's an anchor baby and she. She is. They're from Jamaica. Her family's from Jamaica and they're being deported the next day, and she meets a Korean-American. And so it's about immigration, it's about young love, 
and it looks like it's going to be very saccharine. Well, I tell you, I shudder, like I say, with young adult novels, but last year we had a good film based on young adult novel, The Hate You Give. So right. this may, hopefully will be closer to that. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Tuesday night is the long-awaited sequel to A Dog's Purpose. A which Dog's was not Journey. the one... Which was not the one with Bryce Dallas Howard earlier this year. This is the one from Dennis Quaid is in both of these yes, movies. Yes, yes, he is. And this Joss is the, Gad is a voice. Right, Joss Gad was the voice of the dog in the first one, and they put one. Uh, the other studio tried to piggyback on it by doing a dog's something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is. Uh, but yeah, this, the first one was not good. No, no, I didn't care for it. One of our friends put it on his content list. I don't what? care for it. Yes, I'll tell you later. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then Wednesday night we got the John, John Wick. Wick. I've got a screening link for a film that opens next week called Trial by Fire, which is from director Edwards, Edward Zwick. Which I'm, is I'm a true see story that with uh, Lauren, Laura Dern and uh, the young man that was in Unbroken. I forget the uh, the actor's name, Irish actor. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, so hopefully that's good. Yeah, I am going to see that for my uh, review and print and everything. So uh, we will, uh, uh, we will uh, see you again. You can find and Jim on WeAreMovieGeeks.com. And you can find me on the big 550KTRS every Saturday night for Max on Movies, two hours this weekend. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern. And at the Enterprise Center during the Blues playoffs, oh, yeah, that, he's the one that's spinning Gloria. Oh yeah, and so Country Roads. You have to no, that's that's a video now because we have the crowd sing along. But okay. my thumb, this th left thumb right here, blows the horn, and you might wonder why the horn is so long at the very end, at the end of the games, because I am taking my left hand, blowing the goal horn, and my right hand is turning up. Channel 1 all the way to the top, and the master all the way to the top, and then taking the mouse and clicking on Gloria by Laura Branigan so you can hear it, even though you can't because the crowds are so loud. But you were really fast with the Gloria on Tuesday night because I saw that Carl is right on. I was on. As soon as the goal horn is finished, as soon as I let up, I click the button so it, the song starts. That and it sounds beautiful. So loud that crowd. And uh, I'm and on. You're Lynn. Yeah, I'm on all the socials. I can be heard on KTRS Thursday nights on the Jay and Ray in the Know show. That's from eleven to. Uh, I mean, from nine to eleven. I'm usually in the ten uh, p.m. hour. And tonight, well, I'm you can seeing, also hear that online. Yeah, online and podcast. And I'm um, tonight. I'm seeing Night of the Iguana opening feature of. The Tennessee Williams Festival, starring Jim Butts, yes, brother of Norbert Leo, and uh, I probably won't be on till ten thirty for sure <laughs> because you know they do it live, yeah. And uh, I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West Endward TimesNewspapers.com. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, hey, thank you for, for joining us. It's been delightful. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. See ya. We should have said, call your mom. Call your mom. Danny will be back next week.